بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم صلى الله عليك يا رسول الله وعلى أهل بيتك المظلومين صلى الله عليك يا مولاي وابن مولاي الله الواسعة ويا باب نجاة الأمة ما خاب من تمسك بكم وأمنا من لجأ فنفوز والله فوزا عظيما بر محمد وآل محمد صلوات بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله الذي هدانا لهذا وما كنا لنهتدي لولا أن هدانا الله الحمد لله على نعمة الإسلام وكفى بها نعمة الحمد لله على منة الولاية وكفى بها منة وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن سيدنا وعظيمنا وحبيب قلوبنا النبي المؤيد والرسول المسدد والمصطفى الأمجد والمحمود الأحمد حبيب إله العالمين أبي القاسم محمد صلوات الله وسلامه عليه وعلى أهل بيته الطيبين الطاهرين المعصومين سفن النجاة الأعلام من ركب سفينتهم نجا ومن تخلف عنها هلك وغرق ثم أما بعد Respected sisters, brothers, elders, scholars السلام عليكم جميعا ورحمة الله وبركاته Our deepest condolences go tonight to none other than to Amir al-Mu'mineen Ali ibn Abi Talib salawatullah wa salamuhu alayh as this night marks the martyrdom of the epitome of sacrifice, the epitome of support, the epitome of solace. If there was a person or if the name support was to be personified, yani if that word was to be put in a person, it will take the shape of Abu al-Fadl al-Abbas salawatullah wa salamu alayhi. This amazing brother who gave everything and left nothing, he gave everything in support of his brother, Imam Hussein salawatullah wa salamu alayhi. 
because he knew exactly what it means to be under the guidance and under the oath of allegiance that you give to your Imam of your time. And we need as Muslims and in particular as youth to replicate the personality of Abu al-Fadl al-Abbas in our day and time because let's face it, we have a responsibility to our Imam as Abu al-Fadl al-Abbas had a responsibility towards his Imam If Imam Hussein had supporters and friends who were as loyal as those who were with him on the plains of Karbala, such as the caliber of Muslim Ibn Awsaj, Hani Ibn Urwa, uh, 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 what's his name, uh, Habib Ibn Mudahir, and, and those who lost their mind on the plains of Karbala, such as Abiz Shakiri, who goes down to the battlefield, takes off his armor, throws his, show, his uh, sword away, takes off his helmet, and his companions say to him, Ah, Abis, have you lost your mind? And he answers back, Yes, the love of Hussein made me lose it all. This is the love that your Imam wants from you. This is the kind of support that we need to lend our Imam. If these were the supporters and the helpers and the friends of Imam, then I ask the very pressing question, where are the friends and the supporters of the Imam Sahib al-Asri wa-Zaman Allah ta'ala farajahu sharif Where are they? If they cannot be the caliber of the companions of Imam Hussein salawatullahu wa salamu then we are just honestly, in all honesty, in as much as it hurts, and in as much as it bereaves me to say it, we have no hope of the return of the Imam Sahib al-Asri wa-Zaman until we start and decide as of tonight to reconnect with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, reconnect with the Imams, reconnect with our uh, uh, master of the time, none other than Imam al-Hujjat ibn al-Hasan salawatullah wa salamuhu This is just, you know, a heart-to-heart -heart talk because in all honesty, you as youth of our community, of course, with all due respect to our elders, they've played their part. May Allah reward, reward them for all that they have done for us, for having a center like this so that we don't lose our faith. They came here 30, 40, 50 years ago. They had settlement issues. They had struggles of earning. They wanted to put a place for their family so that they can live in comfort but they were never absent-minded of their duty towards their religion. And had it not been for them, we would not have centers like this in this part of the world. So may Allah reward them and give them more and more wisdom and guidance so that they can guide us through this. But it's a reality that the future is not for them. The future is for our youth because our youth represent half of our present and all of our future. And we cannot afford to lose our youth because if we do, that means we would have lost half of our present 
and all of our future. And that is something we cannot afford. Because there will be no centers. And there will be no azadari. And there will be no commemoration of the majalis of Imam Hussein sallallahu If the youth are not invested in. And tonight is the night of the youth. Abu al-Fadl al-Abbas was a youth. Nothing stopped him from the support of his brother. But he was the epitome of akhlaq. The epitome of solace. The epitome of haya. You know, when he fell down on the plains of Karbala, as we will see in the majlis or in the maqtal, when we recite it at the end of the uh, lecture tonight or the talk, we find that when Imam Hussein ran to him, salawatullahu wa salamu alayh, and he found that his brother with severed hands. With an, with an arrow planted in his eye. With his head split open in half. He had just a little bit of breast still going. Imam Hussein goes to him and carries him. And Abu al-Fadl al-Abbas says, what are you doing, O Hussein? He said, I'm taking you back to the tent. Because of his ghira, because of his modesty, he says to his brother, leave me where I am. He says, why? He says, because I promised Sukaina water. And I was unable to fulfill my promise. This is the haya that Abu al-Fadl al-Abbas had from this little girl in the tent of Hussein, the daughter of Hussein, salawatullah wa The question that bids itself tonight and every night, how much haya do we exercise in our life? How much modesty do we indulge in when we are, you know, what we call ourselves or what people call themselves keyboard warriors? Hiding behind your computer screen or your iPhone screen or Huawei screen or whatever you want to call it. And trying to lure different girls or whatever into your net of deceit. Is this the characteristics of our imams and the followers of our imams? Is this how we want to meet our sahib al-asr wa-zaman, ajjalallah ta'ala, farajah sharif Is this the paradigm we are putting forward as an alternative to what is happening out there in the world today? Brothers and sisters, you need to realize that in today's world, there are only two, gen two agendas. Two agendas. There is no more agendas. All the masks have fallen down. All the masks had fallen down. There are only two ways and two agendas. That of faith and that of atheism. There is no other path that we find out there. Either you are with Allah or we, you are with the devil. There is no path even in between anymore. The segregation, the dichotomy that they have created in today's world has led us to this reality as we stand today. You are either to hold fast to the teachings of Islam, Quran, Muhammad, and Ahlul Bayt, salawatullah wa salamu alayhim ajma'in.
or you are elsewhere. You are with all the commotion that is taking place. You are on the peripheral where everything is going against the stream as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants it. And amidst all these brothers and sisters, we need to navigate our way in between in order to reach the shores of safety, faith, and iman, and support to Sahib al-Asri wa zaman Allah ta'ala farjahu sharif We are continuing. What is happening to your salawat today? This is Abu al-Fadl al-Abbas night. <coughs> No, no, this is not on. Wallah, this is not on. I want a salawat that reaches heaven. <clears throat> we spoke yesterday about modesty and how we should exercise modesty. Today, through, of course, the social platforms and what have you. Today, we want to talk about the difference between what is public in Islam and what is private. What constitutes that? Again, sallu ala Muhammad wa ali Muhammad to welcome our Shaykh, inshallah. Sallu ala It's a reality, brothers and sisters, today. In the world of technology, internet, superhighways, the tsunami of technology that we are faced with, when we intentionally publicize something to the world, you are in fact making a public statement about yourself. And the funny thing, the funny thing, as much as it's funny, as much as it hurts, is that once it's out there, you cannot take it back. Once it's uttered, once it's written, once it's posted, it is no longer yours. You cannot retract it. You cannot retrieve it. You cannot erase it. Yes, yes, you go to the edit. Edit, hide, post, or delete post. Yes, but it is still there. It is actually owned by the company that you are posting your opinion on. You know, Facebook, they have a disclaimer, just like Instagram or, or TikTok or all these social platforms. They have a disclaimer. A disclaimer that no one reads. You know, just when they bring you 13 pages of the iPhone contract or your, you know, your, uh, what do you call it, your, uh, your, your phone company, they bring you an online 13-page contract and they tell you, ah, this is just, you know, the agreement between you and the company, just sign here. Has anyone ever read that contract? Honestly, has anyone ever know what is in that contract to start with? No, we just sign here. Give me the iPhone. I've been waiting for three hours outside. You know the queue when a new iPhone comes out for three days? I wonder whether we will queue up for Imam Sahib al-Asri wa-Zaman, Allah ta'ala, farajahu sharif You know? Would we, we bother to queue for Salatul Fajr? <laughs> you know? Imagine if our respected elders, they said, you know what? We're going to decide to make a program at this blessed place. Every Sunday or every first Sunday of every month, we're going to have Salatul Fajr. I wonder whether we will line up like we would line up at Apple Store, you know, for Salatul Fajr. What's this iPhone? 
where is it going to take you? Salatul Fajr guarantees take you closer to Allah. Right? If this is misused, guaranteed it will take you to the pits of hellfire. Guaranteed. Right? We line up for we line up for hellfire and we don't line up for Allah. Ajib, this human being. Ajib. The way he thinks and the way he operates and under what paradigms he functions and so on and so forth. Right? So we are intentionally, when we publicize it or publicize something on this social platform, we are making a public statement about ourselves, about who we are and what we believe. And here's the catch. In these disclaimers that all these social platforms have, I don't have much time, I need to speed up, you know, they say whatever you post on these social platforms becomes automatically the ownership of the platform itself. And it happened just recently in England where a lady posted a very beautiful picture of herself on the net, you know, the selfies. Yeah. Every five seconds, selfie. Every two minutes, selfie. Every day, selfie. I'm eating, selfie. I'm brushing my teeth, selfie. I'm wearing my clothes, selfie. I'm eating, selfie. I'm playing with my children, selfie. I'm talking to my wife, selfie. I'm talking to my parents, selfie. How many selfies in a day do you want? How many? How many? You go into your phone, and all of a sudden, the phone tells you the count. You have 10,650 photos. Seriously? Where from? Because every second is a selfie. selfie. It's an obsession, addiction, that I cannot hold the phone without taking what? A selfie. Okay, take a selfie. So she took a photo of herself, and then all of a sudden, she sees herself the next day all over England on a poster. On a poster. Huge billboard poster on the back of buses, you know, on the back of uh, uh, trains, on the back of trams, on the back of, on, on top of a billboard. So she immediately calls her lawyer and she says, I want to sue Facebook because I know this photo was taken from my Facebook page. The lawyer simply, without any, Muhammad wa Ali Muhammad. دوستان بسیار عزیز یک موتر هوندا پلت نمبرش است CRKX 257 جلوی ترکار بلاک کردن و لطفا هر چی زودتر مالک موتر موتر نقل بده که هم منتظرن اگه این موتر هوندا CRKX 257 تشکر so calls her lawyer. The lawyer, in, in one word, he said, sorry, ma'am, you cannot sue Facebook. She says, why? How? He said, did you sign the disclaimer when you joined? She said, yes. He said, one of those articles in the disclaimer is that everything now is owned by Facebook. Salamun alaikum, khuda hafiz. End of the story, right? No argument, nothing you can do about it. So imagine, imagine, and I'm telling you this as a warning. Imagine all the selfies and the photos you take of your little kids, inappropriately dressed. There is a thousand and a million pedophile on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. 
be careful what you post. Be careful because you, there are no filters on Facebook. You don't know who's who on Facebook. The criminal, the ex-criminal, the pedophile, the colors. The colors. I don't want to say more than that. Okay? The colors. And you know what I'm talking about. Right? Everything is out there. Everything. And with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when it comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it doesn't matter if what is said or done is in private or done publicly. Each and everything we say is accounted for. Listen to these words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Holy Quran. He said, Sawa'un minkum man asarra al-qawla wa man jahara bih wa man huwa mustakhfin bil-layli wa saribun bil-nahar. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, it is all alike to him. It is all alike to Allah. Whether any of your, whether any of you conceals his thought or brings it into open, and whether he seeks to hide his evil deeds under the cover of the night or walks boldly with it in broad daylight, it is all known to Allah. It is all known to Allah. There is one thing Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram didn't know about, and that is you cannot put Allah on private setting. You cannot put Allah on private sitting. Yeah, you can put your parents, your poor parents. You, know? you can put some of the friends you don't want to know what you're doing, right? But you can never put Allah on private sitting. No sleep or slumber can ever take him. The all-knowing, the all-wise. He knows everything that has happened. He records everything that is being done. And you know, on the day of judgment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will come to me and to you. And he will say, your witnesses are from among yourself. When their legs, their feet, their tongue, and even their skin will testify against them as to what they have committed and done. Nothing will go unaccounted for. Despite the mercy of Allah, despite the rahmah of Allah, but he has to keep a record of everything that we think and do, that we even articulate and put out there in front of others. When you publicize things to people without shame or modesty, you give them a license to form opinion about you. Because it's out there. You are posting it. So, you know, the funniest thing, the funniest thing is the following post. The following post. I had a sister on my Facebook. Don't get funny ideas. She's just a friend on Facebook. She's asking questions, all right? So, just to make things clear. One day, this sister posts herself without hijab. Yani she decided to do what? Take her hijab off, right? Okay, that's her prerogative. It's her decision. The problem is not in taking her hijab off. The problem is with the post. What does she say? She puts her, now, no one has ever seen her without hijab. I've known her for about 20 years. She used to come to my lectures nonstop, you know, in my lectures, her and her family. One day, I, I looked at her, I said, is that her? Impossible. Is that her? 
Okay, listen to the post. Two words. Two words, the post. Amazing photo, according to her, of course. Amazing photo. Amazing photo without a hijab, and then, don't judge me. Hello? You're putting yourself out there. Don't judge me. Don't put it. Don't put it. You are inviting others to judge you and pass comment on you. How is it you have the audacity to say, don't judge me? You know? Or, a, or a, one of the brothers. He comes and all of a sudden, you cannot recognize his body anymore. Habibi, this is your body. Why are you exposing it to me? From head to toe tattoos. And then again, the same thing. Don't judge me. Don't judge you. Are you, are you, you know, sometimes I say, are you listening to yourself? Are you really listening to yourself? Are you listening to, by the way, I'm not taking a jab at those who have tattoos. No. Don't misunderstand me. I'm speaking in general. You have a tattoo on you. When I come to message of Imam Hussein, I'll take my hat off for you. Come. Okay? But don't overdo it. Right? And if you have it, and it's considered a form of zina, you know what zina is? What zina is? I don't care what people tell you, and I don't care what people put on themselves, and how people carry themselves in public. According to Islamic law, if a tattoo constitute a piece of ornament, you know what a piece of ornament? Something that is attractive, whether it is attractive to the opposite gender. Astaghfirullah, 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 in these days to the same gender. Okay? To the opposite gender or the same gender. Islamically, it should not be seen in public. You cannot. All of a sudden, because you have such an amazing looking tattoo, right? You decide all of a sudden to get to, to compliment the tattoo with six pack and go get a, what do you call it here? We call it singlet. You call it trunk? What do you call that singlet? T tank, tank top? Tank top. Okay. In America, tank top. You decide to go and wear a tank top and walk in public. And then what? Put a sign behind your back, don't judge me. Seriously? Serious? This is what Islam has come to? You know? Don't justify it. You want to do it, do it. But don't go out there and, and publicize it because you are inviting comments. And you know what Rasulullah says? And one of the most beautiful and eloquent sayings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam. He says, May Allah have mercy on a person who keeps gossip away from him. What does that tell you? When this hadith says, May Allah have mercy on someone who keeps gossip away from him. What is that actually telling you? Isn't that telling you you should lead an upright life so that you do not become the subject of gossip? That people would not have the entitlement as they feel sometimes entitled to take a jab at you, right? Or to criticize you or to gossip about you. Of course, I'm not justifying gossip, but I'm saying the Prophet said, don't allow or entertain the opportunity for others 
to criticize you or to actually, you know, gossip about you. You become the gossip of the town, right? There is additional harm of opening yourself to criticism, recrimination, and ruining our reputation. One day you're going to get married. One day you're going to get married, right? So if you go and post 50 girls on your post, or on your, on your social platform that you've been with, right? And, this, and then ultimately you, found, you find Miss Right. Right? You find Miss Right. By the way, let me tell the brothers and the sisters, Wallah, 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 Wallah. When you want to get married, there is no Mr. Right or Miss Right. There is 60%, 65 70, okay? But if you think you're going to find 100%, and especially after you already been with 50, you're asking for too much, right? You're asking for the impossible, right? And then, don't come and say to that girl, don't ask me about my past. Habibi, who's asking you? We already know it. Who's asking you? Huh? Who's asking you? We, we, you are an open book, bro. We already know your past. You've posted everything that I need to know about you. Right? It's no, this is what the dangers of technology today. If it's not used appropriately, that's what will happen to us. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram are public forums. The words we say and the conversation that we have, all on all, all these kind of platforms and other social media become an open book of what we are, who we are, what we express, and what we think, and what we believe in, in that regard. So if we unbashedly lie to the public, then we only confirm to the public that I am what now? I'm a liar, right? I am a liar. If I'm bashedly gossip against someone, then I'm telling the world I am a gossip, right? No one is telling me. No one needs to say it. No? We become the mouthpiece of our own actions through what we post and what we say and what we have. Everything on Facebook is recorded. I said about that, right? And on the day of judgment, gonna, everything is going to come and be played back. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And whosoever does an atom weight of good shall see it. And whoever does an atom weight of bad shall see it. Man amila misqala dharratin khayran yara. Wa man ya'mal misqala dharratin sharran yara. It's there. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in another verse in, re, in that regard, مَا يَلْفِظُ مِنْ قَوْلٍ إِلَّا لَدَيْهِ رَقِيبٌ عَتِيدٌ Not a single word that you utter except that there are two angels recording every single statement, word, and even breath that we take in this life. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says this, you know, he says, اقرأ كتابك الله أكبر الله أكبر والله this is a heartbreaker that ayah is a heartbreaker 
اقرأ كتابك الله says read your own book كفى بنفسك اليوم عليك حسيبا let your own self be the judge of yourself because there is no escape anymore there is no escape anymore you are facing the almighty Allah I can lie to the world but when I'm in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala all lies dissipate and they all perish in front of him subhanahu wa ta'ala because everything is recorded Facebook, Twitter and Instagram are fitna makers one of the biggest fitna makers you know why? because we take it upon ourselves and we think we are entitled to attack this group against that group and that group against that group and that family against that family and that tribe against that tribe and this race against that race when we all say in ziara if we have forgotten if we have forgotten what do we say in ziara when we go to ahlul bayt salamullah alayhim we fight we create disunity we create fitna tribalism family feud and then i stand in front of the zarih of imam hussein salamullah alayhi and i declare with a mouthful inni silmun liman salamakum harbun liman where is that in our daily practice where is it hmm? where is it how am i at peace with those whom you are at peace with and i'm at war with those whom you are at war with we find ourselves unfortunately we are at war with the ones who are at peace with ahlul bayt and we are at peace with those who are at war with ahlul bayt it's the opposite it's the opposite what gives me the right what gives me the entitlement to wake up in the morning post a video against this group or that group or this race against that race or this family against that family how how and you know what sometimes it's not done through a post it's not done through a video it is actually done in action in action the way we behave the way we talk you know a lady came to me once and said sheikh a suitor came to me to ask for my hand in marriage i said alhamdulillah rabbil alameen she said yeah it is alhamdulillah rabbil alameen but wait until you're gonna say inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'oon i said why what happened she said he's a muslim shia itna ashari prays fast has good akhlaq i said what else he's a prophet if he has all these qualities he's either a prophet or an imam what else he said, no, he has one problem. What is the problem? He's from a different village, not a country, village. Village! I said, he's from a different village? She said, yes. I said, so what's the big deal? She said, tell that to my dad. That's the big deal. Ajeeb. Tell that to my dad. He's from a different village. Imagine if he was from a different race, <laughs> from a different culture you know from a different country you know or he comes the bombshell he's a muslim it's not a shari a good akhlaq good muslim practicing but he comes what we call the uh, the the bombshell word you know the bombshell word he's a revert oh my god 
he will never find a wife in our community. He's a revert. He's a revert. A'udhu billah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَكَذَلِكَ جَعَلْنَاكُمْ أُمَّةً وَسَطًا And he says, and he said, in, in terms of unity, وَكُنْتُمْ عَلَىٰ شَفَىٰ حُفْرَةٍ مِّنَ النَّارِ فَأَنْقَذَكُمْ مِّنْهَا You were about to be on the brink of an edge of hellfire, and with Islam, when he brought the Prophet to you, he united your hearts together. فَأَصْبَحْتُمْ بِنِعْمَتِهِ by virtue of his blessing, you became what? Ikhwana, brothers, sisters. You know, brothers and sisters. And these are being openly, openly aired. People are insulted, maligned, slandered, and inter are tempted to return the insult of and often do so. Likewise, we shouldn't use the internet to make fun of people, exhibit bad character, or have jabs at them or exploit one another on this social net, uh, netform, platform. Those of you or us who are looking to get married should keep in mind also that it will only take a few clicks from your potential partner to know your past and present. And you know what? Sometimes even your future. Even your future in regard to what we do. Some people have taken it upon themselves, brothers and sisters, to use social media like Twitter and Facebook, Instagram, to show the worst behavioral qualities to the entire public. You know, sometimes we are even in, you know, sometimes we write things without even knowing what we are writing. And if we know, then it is extra musibah. You know, it's a musibah by itself, if we don't know. But if we know, it's an extra musiba. You know? All these, I'm sorry to say this. I'm sorry to say this. Please forgive me. But this is an advice to myself first. You know those abbreviations that we use? Laughing, my, off. Do you know what you're writing? Do you know what you are writing? Okay? And if you don't know what you're writing, ask. Ask. It's not just about fitting in. Because we know the pressure is hard. So if I don't write it, they will think that I'm what? Backward. Right? Backward. If I don't use any words that are of a swearing nature, whether the one that starts with the beep, you know, every second word, beep. Every third word, beep. If I don't use this kind of language, then those who are with me, they think I'm not cool. I'm not cool, bro. This guy is stuck up. You know, he's stuck up. Why is he stuck up? Well, because he has akhlaq. <laughs> you know, the Prophet wasallam was once sitting with his companions, Sallu ala Muhammad wa Ali Muhammad. Two minutes and I have to go to the majlis because tonight is the night of Abu al-Fadl and his majlis is long. So please bear with me. Bear with me. We can continue tomorrow because all the people who are talking about as of this night till the last night except the night of Imam Hussein are all youth. Tomorrow the night of Al-Qasim. The night after the night of 
علي الأكبر the night after علي الأصغر all youth we can continue to talk about this anyway رسول الله says seated with his companions and he's saying what will happen if a day comes to you where you will abandon أمر بالمعروف النهي عن المنكر the companions look at the prophet they said is this day coming is it really the day will come where we will not enjoin what is right and what is bad he said worse than that will happen worse than that so he said they said they were baffled they were startled he said what worse than that can be ya rasulullah that we stop enjoining what is right and forbidding what is evil he said what will happen if you start to enjoy what is evil and stop what is right allahu akbar yani switch it instead of enjoining what is right and forbidding what is evil now you will enjoin what is evil and stop what is right they said impossible ya rasulullah that day will not come he said worse than that will come they said what is worse than that they said what will happen if you begin to see good as bad and bad as good and we are in this world now we are in this world everything good is what is frowned upon right or wrong you know the concept of chivalry you know what is chivalry maybe our youth have never heard of this word chivalry do you know the meaning of chivalry chivalry is ghira in arabic yani when you see a sister or you see a woman in a vulnerable situation or a non-vulnerable situation or you see someone who's vulnerable your ghira your chivalry takes you to their rescue you'll do anything to help them so i thought i was one of those chival chivalrous people mashallah you know i want to practice my akhlaq you know so I was going to the Supreme Court of Australia and all of a sudden I see a barrister. You know what a barrister is? A barrister is a, a, a lawyer that has specialized further in their studies and now they put a rope like this and a wig, a white wig. They represent the queen. Now they represent the king because we don't have the queen anymore. Okay? They used to call them QCs, Queen's Counselor. Now they call them King Counselor. Okay? So this barrister is coming. She's a lady. She's carrying three files. And you know, often ladies, may Allah bless them, they carry not one bag, but three or four bags. You know, one for lunch, one for makeup, one for, I don't know what, extra clothes, one for, uh, mashallah, they have so many things to deal with. May Allah bless them. So I said, you know what? I should open the door for this poor lady. I should open the door. Act chivalrous. So I go and I open the door. She said, I can do it myself. I said, excuse me? You can do it yourself? I said, I'm trying to be nice. You know, good is looked as what? As bad. It's all because of this fake feminism. You know, they think because she's a feminist, she can do anything. Go drive a truck then for 16 hours. You know? Go drive a truck for 16 hours. If you think this is your dignity, if you think this is your honor to drive a truck for 18 hours, go do it. You know? Islam honored you. Put you on a pedestal. If some people didn't know how to treat you, don't blame Islam. Blame culture. 
Not Islam. Blame culture. Right? So I said, wait, 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 wait. Now you have to teach these people a lesson. I said, wait. She said, what? I said, wait. I closed the door and I said, please help yourself. Help yourself. You know, open the door. Show me how you're going to open the damn door now. Right? Let it be. But that does not mean I will give up on my principles. I will do it again and again and again, even if it is frowned upon. You know why? Because I have values. I need to stick to my values. My values lie in the depth of my religious belief. And I will never compromise on it whatsoever. Ever. And you should not, regardless of the challenges, regardless of what is facing you in public, you should always try your level best to maintain the integrity of your faith in practice and in deeds and in words. In words and deeds. Advocate akhlaq, advocate mannerism, advocate all these things because it's to our value. It adds to our value. And that's why I started by saying in today's world, there are only two paths, the path of Allah and the path of evil. There is no in-between anymore. And we should strengthen our relationship, brothers and sisters. And this is an appeal, an appeal. I am humbly appealing to our management, to our management. Please strengthen your relationship with other faith-based religions. Because it is the only way to safety and to ensure our rights. Because they are the ones who will support you. And will, because they have values as well. Right? Sallu ala Muhammadin wa ali Muhammad. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Ashhadu anna kana sahta lillahi wa li rasulih. Wa li akhik. Fa ni'mal akhu al-muwasif. Fala'anallahu ummatan qatalat Wala'anallahu ummatan zalamat Wala'anallahu ummatan istahallat minkal maharim Wantakat fi qatlika hurmatul islam Imam Sajjad alayhi salam says these beautiful words about his uncle Abu al-Fadl al-Abbas. He says, may God have mercy on my uncle al-Abbas ibn Ali for he preferred his brother over himself, outdone himself in protection of his family and ransomed his brother by his own. Until his hands were severed, so God replaced him with two wings to fly with them, with the angels in paradise, as he made for Ja'far ibn Abi Talib, and that Al-Abbas has a status with Allah, blessed and exalted, for which all martyrs will envy him on the day of judgment. When there was no one remained with Imam Hussein after the killing of his companions, his brother Abu al-Fadl al-Abbas came to Imam Hussein asking for permission to go into the battlefield. Imam Hussein began to cry. 
profusely and said, Oh, my brother Abul Fab, you are the standard bearer of my army. Abul Fadl al Abbas said, I am tight chested, oh brother. I can't see these enemies of Allah pursuing us and pursuing the children and depriving them of water and a dignified living. Imam Hussein said to Abu Fadl al Abbas, My permission to you is limited. Go and fetch water for the children. Abu Fadl al Abbas took his horse and then he began to admonish the other side under the leadership and the command of Umar ibn Sa'd. Warning them about the wrath of Allah. Amr ibn Sa'ad said, Who is this talking to us in such valor and bravery? Someone said, This is Abu al-Fadl al-Abbas. Then Imam Hussein stepped forward and began to admonish the people. Again, Umar ibn Sa'ad inquired, Who is this person talking? They said, to him, he is Hussein, son of Fatima, daughter of the Prophet. You have killed his family and his brothers and children. And his children are seeking access to water. Abu al-Fadl al-Abbas proceeded forward and he began to admonish them more. Some people in the camp of Umar ibn Sa'd began to cry loudly and everyone heard the cries. But Shimir al-La'in approached Abu al-Fadl al-Abbas and said to Imam Hussein and Abu al-Fadl, Yabn Abi Turab, by God, if the whole face of this earth was water and it was under our command, we will not give you one sip of it. Allahu Akbar. What sort of people are these? What sort of criminals are these? What sort of animals these people are who think they are human to say to Imam Hussein such words? If the whole world was water, we will not give you of it a sip of water. Allahu Akbar. Abu al-Fadl al-Abbas came back to his brother. While he was talking to Imam Hussein, he heard the cries of the children saying loudly, Al-Atash, Al-Atash. He took the water bag and proceeded further towards the battlefield just before he left the tent. Al-Aqila Zainab, his sister came to him. She took hold of his clothes and she said with a very weak and low voice, Akhi Abal Fadl Al-Abbas, Al-Wada. Al-Wada, I bid you farewell because she knew that Abu al-Fadl will not come back after this. She had that feeling, that sisterly feeling that Abu al-Fadl al-Abbas will not come back. Akhi Abu al-Fadl al-Abbas 
الوداع الوداع يا نور عيني Oh, the light of my eyes. Abu al-Fadl al-Abbas took his water bag, rode over his horse, and began to penetrate the ranks of the army. He split them apart and managed, with his valor and bravery, to get to the waterway of the Euphrates. He then went down, placed his hand in the cool water, and then he took a sip of it in his hand, and he began to to look, to look at it. When he looked at it, he remembered the thirst of his brother Hussein and the thirst of the children. Then he threw the water away and he began to read, Ya nafsu ba'd al-Husayni wa ba'dahu La kunti an takuni Hada Husaynun Waridal Manuni Watashrabina Baridal Ma'ini Then he filled his water bag, rode over his horse, and he began to ride towards the tents. Umar ibn Sa'ad cried loudly, block his way, for by Allah, if the water reaches the other camp of Imam Hussein, they will topple your army, and you will not identify the right wing of your army from the left side of your army. Army. When they saw that, they began throwing him with all their arrows. Then Abu al-Fadl al-Abbas said, Inni ana al-Abbas aghdu bil-siqa, wa la akhafu al-mawta yawm al-multaqa. Nafsi libn al-Mustafa al-Thuhri wiqa, hatta uwara fi al-masalit luqa. They threw Abu al-Fadl al-Abbas, one of those arrows fell into the water bag. The water bag spilled. When it spilled, Abu al-Fadl al-Abbas stood with bewilderment. فَكَمُنَ لَهُ زَيْدُ بْنُ وَرْقَاءِ زَيْدُ إِبْنُ وَرْقَاءِ الْعِينِ was hiding behind a tree. He severed the right hand of Abu al-Fadl al-Abbas. Abu al-Fadl al-Abbas said, والله إن قطعتم يميني by Allah if you sever my right hand I shall forever protect my religion and I will protect my Imam the grandson of the noble prophet he then began to fight with his left hand then Hakim ibn Tufail another enemy of Allah was hiding behind another tree he jumped at Abu al-Abbas and severed his left inna lillah wa inna alayhi raji'oon ya uzzu alaykum ya mu'mineen it bereaves you all believers to know what happened imam abu al-fadl al-abbas said ya nafsu la takhshay min al-kuffari wa abshiri bi rahmati al-jabbari then he began to stand on his horse no left hand no right hand no water bag all of a sudden an arrow is shot at abu father 
world and it lands in his eye. Abu Fadl al-Abbas now, you can see the shape of Abu Fadl. No hands, no water bag, an arrow is lying in his eyes. He fall off his horse as a result of another person that comes from the back and he hits Abu Fadl al-Abbas on his head from the back. He falls. I ask you a question, brothers. When a horseman falls down, how does he receive the earth? He receives the earth with his hands, right? I ask you, when Abu Fadl al-Abbas fell down, how did he receive the earth? He fell on his head. Salawatullah wa salamu Imam Hussein rushed to him and he saw Abu Fadl al-Abbas in this shape, an arrow lying in his eye. The head is split open and then he puts his head in his lap. Abu Fadl al-Abbas takes his head away, puts it back, takes it away, puts it back, takes it away. Imam Hussein said, Akhi Abu Fadl, why are you taking your head off? He said, because in a moment, oh my brother, you will be in the same position. Who's going to put your head in his lap? Inna lillah wa inna ilayhi raji'oon. Wa sayya'lamu alladheena zalamu. Quickly five times. Louder, Amman. Amman, you Amman yujibu al-muttar idha da'ah The last one with the loudest of your voices Amman Bihaqqi Muhammadin wa ali Muhammad Wa bihurmati al-fatiha ta ma'as salawat Allah